0: Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas, it is the Even Money Podcast, and if you're looking for a place to make online wages, you know it's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, just use the promo code PODCAST1, he is Steve Fezzik, everybody, if you're a loyal listener, you know it, say it with me, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest out there in Vegas. That's right. Not only did he win it twice, he won it back to back. Which Steve, that still is like seems almost statistically impossible, dude. Check him out on Twitter at Physics Sports. That's where you can get at him. Hopefully, you guys have gone back and listened to some of our epic episodes this off season, even just in the last month. Last week we taught you. How You Should Bet Preseason NFL Football. Today, we're actually going to get into some of the week one preseason bets that Steve likes. We also have a nice guest that we're excited about. We've also talked about how to win betting pro football in general. Those were four tips you don't want to miss. How about also how to sports betting one-on-one. It's been an awesome year, especially for those of you who are just getting started. encourage you to listen To all of those. I also encourage you when you get a chance to go to fantasypros.com/slash even and check out their draft wizard. It's pretty awesome, man. You know, we all know that the draft is by far the most important event of your fantasy season. Draft Wizard from Fantasy Pros, it's where it's at. They got the draft simulator. So, you can complete realistic mock drafts in just five minutes, which allows you to quickly test different strategies. After every mock draft, they actually give you feedback, which is awesome. But all the practice in the world doesn't happen, doesn't matter if you're not ready to roll on draft day. So, they actually have what they call the live draft assistant. It syncs with your draft to offer real time advice. Very, very cool. Totally customized to your league settings. So custom scoring, traded picks, keepers, auction formats, the whole deal. Use the draft wizard as the easiest way to crush your draft this year. It's available web, iPhone, Android, to get a special offer. For complete draft wizard access, visit fantasypros.com slash even. That's fantasypros.com slash even. All right, Steve, let's start with preseason week one. Most of the games are Thursday night. There are a couple Friday nighters and three Saturday nighters. Look, this is not regular season football. We don't go through each game and give a lean or give a place a bet. We don't have the Birdman, Todd Bergman, grading us yet. But we did talk a week ago about, you know, how to win betting preseason football. And so we do have some things we wanted to dive into. Uh, One of the tips was the line movement, quarterback play, coach tendencies, and certainly the spot itself, Steve. So taking a look at the preseason week one board, are there any things that jump out to you?
1: Yeah,
2: let's talk about it's the most interesting game, Atlanta at Miami. whole lot's going on in this game. Currently, Miami is laying three and a half points at home. So Atlanta played in the Hall of Fame game. So in general, whenever a team plays in the Hall of Fame game, we tend to want to go ahead and look to back them the very next game because they've got that extra week under their belts. However, I'm going to break from basic strategy here. There's a lot of reasons – not to like Atlanta in this game. Too particularly. Um, Dan Quinn, their head coach, is now 0-9, straight up and against the spread um, in games. Now, you could argue last week Atlanta probably should have won that game against Denver, but big picture wise, nine straight losses, and, you know, even at the, at the very end game, it's not like he was blitzing Denver trying to stop Denver from scoring on their final drive. So Quinn does not care about winning these games. So Look at the quarterback rotation for the two teams. Atlanta, they are hurting because I think Matt Schaub, I'm shocked he's still in the league. He, had, he was done basically at age 34 with Houston when he could no longer throw the ball, uh, throw the fastball, and now he's 38, barely hanging on, and he was just awful last week. Now the third-string quarterback for Atlanta, Benkart from Virginia, was an unre- undrafted free agent. He looked pretty good. But he injured his foot at the very end of the game, and he is out. So now Atlanta has signed a guy, Sims, who played in the Alliance of American Football for Atlanta. And I'm not optimistic about the Atlanta quarterback rotation. So contrast that with Miami, where they have a quarterback controversy, Rosen and Fitzmagic, and both guys are vying for the top job with a rookie head coach, Flores, and rookie head coaches typically want to win better quarterback rotation and more motivation to win with the head coach. I could only look to Miami.
0: Even laying the three and a half, Steve,
2: I hate laying three and a half Ross, but I I will say this. If ever there's a time I'm willing to lay three and a half, it's preseason because preseason games don't land on three nearly as much as any other time of the year. Um, because the um, teams will go for two to avoid overtime. So it's not like there's a really good chance the game's going to land right on three and you are going to lose by the hook. So, um, yeah, obviously, though, I like Miami better, and it opened lower than where it is currently. So it has steamed up, but I still would only look to Miami.
0: Yeah, all that logic that you said I agree with, especially Bankert, being hurt he looked really good I thought against the Broncos I thought he looked better than Schaub and now you got Matt Sims coming off the street who knows how much they'll play Schaub the only thing I do wonder about though is you know a lot of young guys play in these games and you wonder if Atlanta's treating this more like the second preseason game and the Dolphins are still treating it like the first and also you know those young guys kind of got their feet wet the other night and so they've got a game under their belt whereas the Dolphins young guys do not but um, your logic makes a lot of sense to me you got to think Fitzpatrick and and Rosen are going to play a lot for the Dolphins which should give them a big quarterback advantage over the Falcons probably playing primarily backups any other spots that really jump out to you in week one of the preseason Steve
2: Oh, let's go to Saturday night action, Ross. And, and by the way, I think that the listeners, what they can take away, it's good that we're just, um, they can hear how we're analyzing these games and then they can go ahead and make their own decisions, you know, surrounding it. Let's look at the Rams and Oakland. And I got to be honest, I have not, um, you know, gone into depth on this game, but I can say in terms of a team that I'm looking to bet against in the preseason, the Rams are pretty much the poster child because Here's a team that I believe went two and two in the preseason last year. However, they completely don't care about the preseason. They rest all their key players. Um, we saw Goff didn't play at all last year, and I believe the Rams just got crushed twice in preseason and won two close games. So here's a team that could have been 0 and 4, but instead went two and two. So it's not as obvious that if you just look at coaching history, that the Rams don't care about the preseason. And I do think Oakland will care about the preseason. Gruden has a really good preseason record and coming off a a, a very bad year for Oakland, you would expect Oakland would have the incentive absolutely to win. I believe the Rams beat Oakland in the preseason and the regular season last year. So you've got revenge as well. So all the signs point to Oakland, but, the problem is, is that this line went up from minus three to minus five and a half. So, again, it's a situation where if you do your homework early, you're going to get at numbers that are going to be better than doing your homework. I, and I know people are saying, well, wait a minute, you know, this game's not till Saturday. But doing your homework early is betting right after the lines open up, not um, midweek. But I would still only look towards Oakland with a whole lot more incentive here.
0: Got it. Yeah, those those are two that jump out to me. And you're right. It didn't seem like... Sean McVay played anybody a year ago. I want to get to a question or two as well, Steve. And let's start with Benjamin Vasquez. He said, um, you and Steve did a great, and by the way, I should mention, if you ever take advantage of, of any of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com or even if you sign up to be a patron at Patreon.com slash or Manscaped or whatever it is that you do, you can ask Steve any question you want. Ross at RossTucker.com. And this is, again, Benjamin Vasquez, Steve, how to handicap. He said, you and Steve did a great gambling one-on-one. Now I think the next podcast should be a handicapping one-on-one. The websites, stats and dynamics you guys look at when handicapping a game. And why did you even choose that game in the first place? Because of power rankings? Thanks, love the show. Let's get back in the black this year. So that that's probably a longer conversation, Steve, or maybe its own podcast, but you want to give them the the Cliff Notes version
2: oh sure um you know as far as stats i I keep my own stats, but of course, you know yards per play is a basic staple and yards per play differential, so every time I snap the ball, I want a team that's gaining more yards per play than they're giving up um Uh, As far as different sites that I go to, you know, Warren Sharps a really sharp guy, Um, so you know his his analysis is is always strong. I go to the Ringer and read what they're saying over there about the um, the quarterbacks and the NFL teams. So that's a site, and they have really good podcasts as well that I you know they go to. Basically, as much information as I can acquire from really sharp guys. Ideally, I make my own opinion on the games, and then I'll hear what other guys like, and if they disagree with me, oftentimes I'll pass, and if they agree, oftentimes I'll bet even more, but that's, um, you know, those are just a few sites that I go to um, in my um, weekly handicapping.
0: Yep, I think that that's, I think that that's well said. I, I, um I don't really have, I would say, like specific websites. I, I usually lean to you on sort of the analytics and the math side of it. I go based on more my experience as a player and how certain teams are performing. I don't want to say gut instinct, but I'm more into spot, feel, uh, and then certain X's and O's matchups more so than you know the numbers I would get from Warren or other people like that. But it is nice when you and I agree or when I look and, you know, I'm on the same page with Warren and people like that as it relates to, you know, the numbers back up what I'm thinking based on the X's and O's and things like that. Um, Another question is from Bob Blake, Steve. Since betting on professional sports is your full-time job, have you ever thought about or do you have a plan for when you would like to retire from your job? For instance, is there a certain amount of money you have set as a goal and once you've made that, you will retire? Or will you be more like a pro golfer and just keep playing indefinitely? Um, he also had another question we'll get to next time, Bob. That's an interesting question. And I would just say, Steve, knowing you a little bit, I feel like the answer is that um, you're going to do this forever.
2: Oh, I'm going to do it forever. So, I mean, to use an example, I'm a semi-retired blackjack player. I'm a semi-retired poker player. But, um, you know, it's fun for every now and then I'll go out and play. I'm a card counter, so I'll go play it, you know, um, blackjack for half an hour, never stay long enough that um, the casino gets angry at me and asks me not to play, which they certainly would if I stayed for hours. And or I'd go out every now and then and play poker, Um, and it's just a it's a nice recreation. It's like watching a movie, but you're being paid to watch the movie. And then people ask, well, if it was that easy, you know, why wouldn't you just like make millions of dollars? To which I would respond, uh, I could go and be a manager at Arby's, and if I enjoyed that. You know, I, I wouldn't want to do that 80 hours a week either, you know, so just because you're getting paid to do something and you're gambling doesn't mean it's fun if you um, are sleep deprivated and you're spending all your time with it. But um, I imagine the yeah, sports betting, um, I, I love it, you know, so as, as long as I'm able to win at it, I'll do it till I die. Yes.
0: So before we get to our guests, I do need to tell everybody about Manscaped. You know why? It's number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Yes, fellas, that's a thing. If you didn't know that's a thing, then you should find out because you need to make sure that that's a thing. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I like that. That rhymes. Creative folks over at manscaped.com. Look, they got the redesigned electric trimmer. They call it the lawnmower. 2.0 proprietary skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't snick or snag your nuts, whatever. I have had an incident or two in my day, which is why I was very happy when I found out about Manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MONEY at Manscaped.com. If you're listening to any of the other shows as well, like Fantasy Feast, or Ross Tucker Football Podcast, you know that Manscaped is a key to getting into the season-long Fantasy Feast Redraft League. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MONEY. It's so money at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MONEY. Well, as promised, Steve, like we've been doing a lot, the last couple of weeks, and we'll do the next couple of weeks. We've got uh, a guest on, wanted to get some additional insight. And who better to bring on than Joe Osborne? You can follow him on Twitter at JTFOZ. He's a sports analyst for Odd Shark. And a couple cool things there. One is I'll be going on the Odd Shark podcast, which is awesome. Number two, which I think is interesting, Joe, is you recently – Uh, We're working on a story. I don't even know if you posted it yet, but as it related to the best and most reliable betting spots in the NFL. So once I heard about that, I was like, I want to get that guy on the show. (laughs) So you have the floor, my friend. Tell Steve and I about the best and most reliable betting spots in the NFL.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on Ross. We're just kind of counting down the dog days of summer here before football season gets going So, yeah, this story hasn't been posted yet because I just keep digging up uh, a lot of crazy numbers. You know, the NFL is generally regarded as the toughest league in all of sports to handicap. But year after year, we keep seeing uh, a few reliable spots uh, jump out that have been very profitable for bettors. Now, if you're new to betting, it's important to keep in mind you never bet trends blindly. You should always have stats to back them up. But uh, what I would like to do is go through some of these. Some of them might be coincidence, but there might be some logic to others. And, Ross, I would love to get your input as a former player to see what you think of some of these. So the first thing that you will be able to bet on in week one of this season, and this is a big one that's been going on since 2000, the Super Bowl loser in week one of the following season is 3-16 and 16 against the spread. Now, I think a lot of people might look at that and say, hey, It's a Super Bowl hangover. That's kind of a cliche that people like to throw out there. But I kind of think it's based on uh, the team being overvalued based on the previous year's results. Obviously, we don't have any data to go off of for this season. And uh, we see a lot of turnover from season to season in the NFL. And a lot of the early season spreads will be based off what we saw last year. Um, So we have the Rams at minus three in Carolina in week one. And I think the logic behind that is just – The team's being overvalued. Uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on that or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that they are overvalued a little bit. And I do think that they will, you know, take a step back. So I think that there's some truth to that.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, that's one that I have my eye on. I think uh, the Panthers might be a a good home dog there in week one. We'll see how the preseason shapes out and uh, how healthy each team enters uh, the regular season. Next up, this is one that I love, guys. I've been playing this uh, ever since I started at Odd Shark here four years ago, and it keeps on hitting. It's the Seattle Seahawks in night games. They are 24-6-3 and against the spread in prime time since 2007. So that's a crazy number. Uh, motivation, it's something that's really hard to measure or predict. But with most of these games taking place during the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era, I think it's possible that these primetime games in the spotlight are just something that they get up for. And if you look at Wilson's numbers at night compared to his usual time slot of late afternoon, he's posted a higher QB rating, a better completion percentage, better TD to interception ratio, uh, a win percentage of 81.4%. If you look at night games at home into this span, 15-3-3 against the spread, uh, as an underdog, 10 and 2 against the spread, and night games in December, 9 and 0 against the spread. And like I said, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, it might be you can't really quantify it, but maybe they just get up for these games. Now, in your experience as a player, is this something that you might have saw with certain teams in certain situations uh, in primetime games, for example, are some teams better in that spot?
0: Well, I think for sure, you know, I'd be curious to know how many of those games were home games because obviously they've been very good at home. Yeah. The crowd's always loud, but especially loud at night. But there is no question over time, you know, the Steelers have always been good in primetime under Mike Tomlin. Conversely, the Bengals were terrible in primetime under Marvin Lewis. I don't, I don't necessarily know why it is, but it just seemed like certain teams – uh, rise to the occasion more in those spots than others.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay, next one. We'll keep moving right along here because I know your time is very valuable. And uh, one of the hardest games to handicap on the weekly slate tends to be Thursday night football. If you want to save yourself a bit of a headache and so work we're trying to handicap it, uh, home teams have been a big money bet since 2014 on Thursday night, they've gone 44, 28 and 6 against the spread, good enough for a covering percentage of 61.1%. So, this was an especially big moneymaker during last season when home teams went 10, 3 and 2 against the spread on Thursday night. So, I think this one's pretty obvious the logic to back this one up. Uh, as the home team traveling on a short week, it puts them in a very uncomfortable position with less time to prepare when they have to recover on the road in a hotel. But we, we keep seeing this one hit. Uh, even going back 10 years, it's hitting at 59%. Now, I don't know what your experience is on Thursday nights. Uh, I know from what I hear is that players hate them because you're traveling on a short week. So it kind of makes sense that uh, the home team's going to have a significant advantage here.
0: So I, I would say it's not consensus at all that players hate them because okay. um, I know players don't love the what it does for their bodies, but they like the weekend off after it. And I know this, Steve, I want to bring you in on the conversation here um, in the, just in the sense that I can't remember who. Oh, it was, it was one of the tuckheads, Steve, Sean Grady, that said both of us would have had much better results last year if we just never bet Thursday night. We were terrible on Thursday nights last year, Steve.
2: Yeah, that surprises me because I'm well aware of the uh, wanting to back the home team on the Thursday night because of um, all the reasons cited. Um, I will say be careful on week one Thursday night, although I know the, the defending Super Bowl champion has always done well in that game, but there's no logic to say that Green Bay would struggle You know, week one on Thursday. So sure. we're really talking about weeks two through um you know, however long the Thursday games are. So I love, I, I love the idea of basic strategy, bet the home team or pass the game. Also love fading the Super Bowl loser. Um, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense, um, to back Carolina week one. And, you know, one thing about the Seattle, um, that makes sense about in the primetime home games, oftentimes Seattle gets the perfect storm of the biggest home field in, in the NFL in a night game. When they get to play an East Coast team, they got the body clock working for them. As you know, as well, um, being the West Coast team and the East Coast team, you know, it kicking off at, at 9 p.m. Um, for their times uh, in, in terms of their body time clocks. So I think that's a big reason why Seattle rolls so much on those night games at home.
1: Yeah, of course, we saw Seattle have a big win in prime time against the Chiefs this season. I think the Chiefs had rattled off I think eight or nine wins in a row at that point, and it was a tight game. Uh, but Seattle at home at night, that's a gigantic. Advantage for them. Um, going back to that Thursday night one, guys, a bit of a parallel to this one. And it's favorites on Thanksgiving. Of course, these games take place on Thursdays. And this is unreal. So since 2005, you're going to want to back the favorites in this spot. They're 30 and 11 against the spread, hitting at 73 percent. And in a lot of those cases, the home team uh, is the favorite in that instance. Uh, one example of it not was uh, the Lions were a home dog versus the Bears this past year. But that's another good one that kind of works in parallel with the Thursday night one. So one interesting one to look look at from a head-to-head uh, team versus team standpoint, it's the New England Patriots in Buffalo. Now, the Patriots, it's funny uh, – They're, you know, the ultimate dynasty in football. One of the best, if not the best, dynasty in all of sports. But they're also an incredible bet. You don't see this in other sports. Uh, The Golden State Warriors, for example, one of the worst bets in the NBA against the spread. But uh, the Patriots, we see it year after year. They're pinning up great numbers. So check this out. In Buffalo, since 1991, they've gone 19-7 and 3 against the spread, specific to the Belichick era. 14-4-1 14-4-1 four against the spread. Uh, they've been a, they have a ridiculous 12 double-digit wins in Buffalo over the span, but they've only been a double-digit favorite in three of the 19 games. Uh, so why specifically in Buffalo do they keep doing this? I think it tends to be that, well, it's funny, like I said, they tend to be a little bit undervalued, but we tend to see a, a, the occasional wave of optimism in Buffalo because they keep starting over. During the period where Belichick's been the coach in New England since 2000, they've had 10 different head coaches there, including interim coaches. So, uh, And we're seeing that wave of optimism again with the uh, new quarterback and the, the head coach there again. Uh, they play there in week four, so it'll be very interesting uh, to see what the spread is there. And it might be something you might want to jump on, depending on what the number of courses is. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, the Patriots domination in Buffalo. Obviously, Buffalo hasn't been a very good team, but year after year after year, they keep covering.
0: Yeah, um, I, I want to get Steve's thoughts on this. And th- this has been awesome, Joe. Really, really appreciate. It. Again, encourage people to check out Joe on Twitter at JTFOZ and check out the Rest of his column. I don't want you to give it away here, Joe. Then nobody, nobody will go read the column if you give us all of them. But um,
1: yeah, I, I'm just giving
0: you the best of the
1: best here, Ross.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. But here's my question for you, Steve. We've talked about this before, but the, the betting numbers for New England are so significant. Why have the betting lines and the odds makers not adjusted for that? Why have they not caught up to that, if you will?
2: Well, I would argue the odds makers have adjusted to it because more often than not, the money comes against New England, and it's because of the advanced matrix math geeks that run the numbers and say, you know, the Patriots are only like the ninth best team in the NFL. Look at the yards per play, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Completely missing the fact that the game management decisions New England makes are so far superior to every other team that that overcomes that their you know, raw metrics. And so it's not unusual that New England opens up as a 10-point um, uh, favorite at Buffalo, and it gets bet down to 8.5. So the pure math guys are driving these, these false moves and, frankly, getting crushed betting against the Patriots over and over and over again. So um, I don't think it's the bookmakers. I think it's the uh, quote-unquote sharp betters that have taken a bath, fading the Patriots, having said all this. Brady's 42. Go back and look at um, how Brett Favre did and how Peyton Manning did the last few years of their careers. Specifically, um, Favre was great at 40. At 41, he was terrible, and at 42, he was out of the league. Be careful with Tom Brady. Uh, This may well be the year that the wheels come off for Brady.
0: Joe, yeah. this was awesome. Thank you so, so much. Really appreciate you coming on the show and looking forward to checking out the, the, the rest of the, the good spots you have. Oddshark.com. Check him out. Joe Osborne at Oddshark, as well as at JTFOZ. Thanks, Joe.
1: Hey, Ross. Thank you for having me on. It was great chatting with you and Steve. Uh, good luck to you guys and good luck to all the listeners out there.
0: Now we've got some week 1 bets that we can make. I wonder, I just wish we had a place where we could bet them. Oh yeah, betonline.ag using the promo code podcast1 for that 50% 50 welcome bonus. So awesome. 50% welcome bonus. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. It's a new season. It's a new time to shine for you and me. BetOnline.ag, the promo code is PODCAST1. Huge early week for us here at RT Media, by the way. We've already posted both Fantasy Feast podcasts, so whether you want to hear from Mike Tagliere of Fantasy Pros with his tips or Evan Silva's Tears of Evan Wide Receivers, You can do that. We also have the college draft with Charles Arbuckle, who, by the way, was the special secret podcast guest for our very first Patreon-only podcast, which was unbelievable. Talking to him about recruiting in the 80s and getting money and the official visits and what all that stuff was like back in the 80s. That was epic. Then what it was like at UCLA when Troy Aikman showed up. Highly encourage you to check out that. Other than that, every team's got a game. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft.
1: All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.